Welcome to Local Matters. Uh, we are talking today about education matters, and our special guest is Alma Anderson, who is principal at Avery Trace Middle School. Alma, welcome back. It's great to see you. Glad to be here today, Bob. Thank you for asking me. Well, it's obviously we're going to talk about Avery Trace and, and about education matters, but some of the folks listening may not know you or may not know about your background. So tell everybody a little bit about uh, where you grew up and, and where you went to school and how you got to this point in life. All right. My father was a career military um, officer. Uh, he started in the military not as an officer, but went through the ranks and I almost said graduated, but he retired as a major after 20-plus years in the United States Army. So I traveled around everywhere. I was born in Alaska before it was a state. Uh-oh, that gives you a little bit of a history of how old I am. A little perspective just, there. Just a little bit. And I always like to tell people that I was baptized in the Diocese of Hawaii because I lived in Guam. And then we lived in Germany, in Louisiana, and St. Louis, Missouri, and ended up in Nashville. And that's where I graduated from high school. And then came to Tennessee Tech to get my undergraduate degree and met my husband and ended up staying here and then went ahead and got my graduate degree also at Tennessee Tech. Well, go Eagles. That's great. That's it. Yeah. Well, and now you are at Avery Trace. So tell us a little bit about Avery Trace Middle School. Avery Trace Middle School has about 720, 25 students, and um, we're an IB school, and it's called the Middle Years Program In um, when you're in the middle school. And uh, as an IB school, one of the things that appeals to me about IB is all, all of the subjects are equal. When you look at their symbol, it's a circle. And so everything within that circle is equal. It makes it a little difficult sometimes when it comes to scheduling, because if all things are equal, then you need to give time to it. But um, I love the concept of that, because not every student is going to be stellar in math, but then they might be stellar in music. There might be a student who really has a strong um, desire to do things with IT, you know, and so that's just as important as any of the other. And I think we are now getting away so much from just plain academia, now, you know, more looking at, well, it's okay for students to want to be draftsmen sure. and stuff like that. So um, we have about 45, 50 teachers, and uh, I love Avery Trace. I've been there since I was an eighth-grade U.S. history teacher and um, became an assistant principal and then now uh, head of school, the principal. And uh, I feel like it's a great school. I love it. It is a great school, and it's got a great uh, great heritage to it. Uh, my kids went through that building, but it wasn't Avery Trace right. when they went through it. 
but it's a it is a a great great place. Well, you mentioned IB, but you didn't describe what IB is. So, uh, some folks may not know what International Baccalaureate does. Talk about that that program a little bit. All right. So basically, an IB school, we all follow a program. I, I didn't. I started to say the same program, but we hold the same ideals, and so how we teach those things are a little bit different. But for instance, um, the biggest part of uh, IB for me is that we really focus in teaching the IB traits. And those are 10 traits. And I always tell students when I'm talking to them, if you live by these 10 traits, you'll absolutely never have any problem in life. And the traits are, I I always have them with me because I get, there are 10 of them, and I'm getting a little older, sometimes I forget. (laughs) But for instance, being an inquirer, being knowledgeable, being a thinker, um, communicator, being principled, that's an interesting one to try to teach to middle schoolers, open-minded, caring, risk-takers, balanced, and reflective. And throughout the year, um, we at Avery Trace Middle School, every month we focus on one of those learner profiles and really encourage teachers to use that language and students to use the language of an IB um, student. So as I said, all, all subjects are equal. So when we became an IB school, we had to make sure that all four grades, five, six, seven, and eight, had some exposure to a foreign language. That's one of their number one things, and that was a little bit difficult at first. But then in addition to that, we had to make sure that all students had physical education We had to make sure that all students got some form of um, music, also some form of visual arts. And then, of course, now we've added the STEM programs that that has, you know, increased as we've gone through. And one of the things that I find as as the head of school of course, um, everything we do is aligned to the Tennessee state standards. So we take our IB program and marry them with the Tennessee state standards. In Tennessee right now, you know, the focus is really strongly on English language arts and math. And so Sometimes it's hard for us to get all those other things in there when that's what the state of Tennessee is looking at strongly. And those two are very important, very important, obviously. Yeah, it it is hard to um, basically say everything ought to be most important, but it it sometimes feels like that's what the state does in its in its uh, activities. But an IB focus, an IB curriculum, really does set the stage for your competitive anywhere. I have a granddaughter who's an IB graduate out of uh, Spruce Creek High in in uh, in 
Port Orange, Florida, and um, she did a lot of of uh, uh, other college work while she was in high school and. So she went into Florida State University, which is a pretty – I'm a Florida Gator, but I'll admit Florida State University <laughs> is still a pretty darn good school. And uh, she went in there almost as a junior out yeah. of an IB program. Yeah. She also came home one Christmas, actually one summer, and spoke to us in French and just was was really showing how much she was enjoying her French. So we gave her a Christmas present, uh, and it was a passport application, and took her to France. And she just was perfectly comfortable and a very strong person, even as a, a junior in, in high school, partly, I think, because of that IB training that she'd gotten. So, Well, one of the things that I find, um, us you, using our standards, the Tennessee State standards, but then when we marry them with these IB traits, it's very interesting when you speak to students and you say, well, you know, when when you turned in that paper, were you principled? Were you really trying to meet the standards? And it's very um, fascinating to me. I find that the students are really honest about their work. And that's really where you want all students to eventually come to, that they understand that they are learning these things for the long run, not just for the test. Yeah, that's uh, and it's hard when you're a middle schooler. It's hard for you to relate to that and say, you know, the long run is next month, not not uh six years from now or 10 years from now or 25. Yeah. But I, I always told our students, uh, uh, I use the example of a Tennessee Tech graduate who uh, came from Jamestown, and uh, he was a physics major and went on to become the chief executive of the Boeing Corporation. So great engineering career, great science career all his life. And he brought millions of dollars back to Tech as a thank you kind of thing, but he invested in the arts and in the social sciences. He has a history lecture that uh, he funded. So Harry Stonecipher, even though he loves the scientists and and made his career as a scientist, in, in a lot of ways, he still understands that the long run requires you to appreciate the arts and history and music and things like that, too. Yeah, just being a well-rounded person, you know, just being able to appreciate art, to appreciate music, to appreciate literature, you know, all of those things, and then also appreciate the sciences. Absolutely. And um, I think that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about the IB program, and I have to say, they um, their trainings are phenomenal. They when we send teachers to have their trainings, they come back just so enthused. And that's that's not always the case. <laughs> that's right. It, um, it it's great when they can go away and come back energized. Yes. Yes. 
Well, we've got a lot more to talk about, but we're going to take a quick break and then come back for segment two. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. Uh, we are talking to Alma Anderson, the principal at Avery Trace Middle School. Alma, we spent a good part of that first session talking about the IB program, which is a, a, a flagship program. Anytime a school can uh, say it's an IB school, that says volumes about the kind of uh, work that the the teachers are doing. But uh Avery Trace is first a middle school, and middle school is a, a challenging time of life. At least it was for me when I was in middle school. Talk a little bit about your students and some of the challenges they face just because they're at middle school age. Well, first of all, um, they come into our school as fifth graders, and fifth graders are still elementary students. They are young and sweet. Not that my seventh and eighth graders and sixth graders aren't sweet, but they're they're still very childlike. And um, it's not unusual for me to stand in the hall uh, outside of my office, which is in the fifth and sixth grade wing. And um, fifth graders want to hug me all the time. I rarely get hugs from 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, <laughs> and I'm still the same person, but they're a different child. And where we see the the change really starting is the second half of the 6th grade. That's when they start being just a little bit more inquisitive is a nice way to put it, and they are starting to just feel themselves in a different way, um, being maybe a little bit more obstinate, maybe being a little bit more defiant. And um, so from fifth grade to eighth grade, it it's only four years, but it's like, decades difference. (laughs) And um, one of the things, though, I truly do love about that age is just how open they are. And it's easy to communicate with them when, when they're open to you. And one of the things as an eighth grade teacher that I really enjoyed was watching the eighth graders from the beginning of the year to the end of the year because there's a great deal of maturation that yeah. happens yes. in that eighth grade year. I'll bet. And um, 
I always was just a little bit sad to see them leave at the end of the year. And so one of the one of the challenges that I think is so great for middle school students now is the use of technology. And um, I don't want to sound like I'm 900 years old, but, <laughs> you know, um, 20 years ago, when children got into spats or they got into arguments or they got into behaviors that weren't as pleasant as they should be, once those students went home, it was done. But now it continues on on social media and those kind of things. So it's pervasive and it's very hard for students, children, to get away from that and to put it down. And I'm not, you know, casting stones at kids. I'm just as bad. Right. You know, I mean, I made sure before I came in here, I turned my phone off. And not only did I turn it off, I put it away so I can't even see it, you know. But it's... um, So I think going through that adolescence and having that extra invasiveness, um, it I see that it is very, it can be very harmful. It can be very helpful, but it can also Uh, be very harmful. Technology can can just be another form of bullying in a lot of ways. Yeah, and 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 it's hard to run it down. You know, and um, and I I just, you know, wish that students and me, too, everybody could learn, OK, it's eight o'clock at night. This thing needs to I go can down turn that off. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. know, but it's uh, it's a time when you can't turn off the hormones either. And you just a lot of things going on in their lives. I, I know Mark Twain once said that when a student hit that age. You um, you ought to, and they were talking to their parents. Uh, you ought to put them in an oak barrel and feed them through a knot hole, <laughs> and then when they when they hit fourteen, you plug up the knot hole. And <laughs> I think he was saying it's time for them to leave and get out on their own. Well, and you know, adolescence is just nobody, absolutely nobody. If you canvas a hundred adults and say, hey, would you like to be 12 or 13 again? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. People will choose 16, 18, 21, but they, because it's just such a difficult growing period. That's all there is to it. You know, in addition to the physical changes, then we're starting to add more Mental things, you know, the no school, school's starting to get a little harder. You'll have students that make straight A's all the way through elementary school. And when they start getting into the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, all of a sudden, their natural intelligence isn't enough. That's when you have to, oh, what? Study. Take notes. Do your homework. And um, so it's a lot. It's a lot. It, it, it's a challenge. And yet I, I remember some of my middle school teachers, the best of all, uh, 
Mr. Calhoun, my eighth grade teacher. I lived in fear of him at the time. (laughs) (laughs) But he was the best teacher I had in K-12, just without a doubt. So they they can have some great, great experiences. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that a lot of times it is in the school building where the students can thrive and flourish and and really come into their own. I think so, too. And in that school building in the last couple of years, they've had a special set of challenges called a pandemic uh, right over their shoulder every moment of every day. It's been a tough time to be a teacher or a student. Sure, it, it has been. Yeah. Um, the teachers that Avery Trace have been fabulous. Um, when we went back to school and we were all wearing masks um, and those teachers cleaned the desk every, you know, at the end of every class, made sure the computers were wiped clean and wore their masks and they were so diligent and and so understanding. And of course, we, you know, one of the good, ugh, no, I don't really mean good, but but one of the benefits of the pandemic were was that we were all going through the same thing at the same time. Yes. Every single one of us. Yeah. And so there was that shared emotion that shared fear that shared care you know right. and and so that was one thing that that came out that we all had something that united us and i think in many ways the students handled it better than we adults did oh yeah yeah because <laughs> it was just another day to them different, right different set of challenges but another day Well, Ed, we're going to take a quick break and come back and and talk a little bit more about some challenges. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Alma Anderson, and we've been talking about middle school students and middle school faculty and teachers. But let's talk about the past year. Just what are some of the big celebrations and significant accomplishments? What kind of good things happened this past year? Well, this past year, first of all, it Going back to the pandemic, it was more normal. Yeah. So we were able to have school dances. And one of the things that I really love is at the end of the school year, uh, we have an eighth grade dance. And it's eighth graders only. And it's a dress-up affair. And my teachers and parents get together and make sure that every student has a ticket and every eighth grader has something nice to wear. So if a child can't afford to buy something, we procure it for them. And to me, that's a celebration, allowing, making sure that students are able to do the fun things. And, of course, we were able to end the school year last year with having our regular honors program where we recognize students for their academic and athletic ability. And then this year, so far, we had great Christmas time programs. We 
had the concerts, the band, and the choral concerts, which those are just beautiful. And that last year, too, we were able to do that. So it felt fresh because we were finally being able to be together again. And it's fun for parents and grandparents to come to those band and choral concerts and and see their children back on the stage. One of the things that my fifth grade teachers did this past December is they did, they had the students build gingerbread houses, but they had to be, have historical significance. And most of them were Tennessee houses. Um, Like they did the Hermitage and they did Elvis Presley's all out of gingerbread. How about that? And to showcase those, then the fifth grade teachers organized a brunch and fifth grade parents came to see the beautiful gingerbread houses and then have brunch with their students. And that's so pleasant. And that has to be fun, though. And it's a learning experience. It, it yeah. combines fun and learning. Yes, yes. And that's a, that's a good thing. We talked about being on the stage. It's basketball season, too. So the student-athletes get to go back to the court this year, don't they? Yes. And, of course, one of the things about middle school, we have so many opportunities for students to participate in athletics. I mean, we do softball, basketball, football, wrestling, started an archery team this year and I'm we've got golf and then of course baseball and it's it's great that children of all shapes and sizes can participate in some way in athletics. I I agree. It's a, it's an important part of their developmental experience. And if it's not athletics, it's some other extracurricular activity. Right. I know you got Bunches of them in the right. in the school system. So uh, the band parents and the, not just one, but the number of choruses that are around. Yes. There's something for everybody, isn't there? Oh, yeah. And for instance, you know, we've got cross country, which that is fabulous because the students compete against themselves. Right. You know, and uh, when you go to a cross country meet, Avery Trace might take 30 or 40 kids to that. And I think that's fabulous that everybody can compete in something like that. And then for clubs, we have Beta Club and Student Council. We have an academic team. And uh, we've got something that's a little bit unusual. One of our teachers started the Pickle Club, and they just <laughs> celebrate pickles. And, How about that? And there's no... Um, there's no criteria. You just need to sign up and come. And once a week, they do a pickle recipe and put it online for people to see. And it's. Uh, but I'll bet students love that. They do. And because of the fact that it's all inclusive and you just show up, and that's great. That means everybody can be in Anybody it. can be a pickle player. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Well, that's great, and it, it's just important that they have something they, they identify with, yes. and that's what extracurricular activity does oh, for a definitely. lot of people. It's, it's not as important as a classroom in many ways, but in other ways, they're learning skills that are just important life skills 
team building and, exactly. and speaking and all kind of things. Yes, exactly. So it's it's important. Parents get your get your children excited about the extracurricular side of the the uh, the school. Also, no matter what age they are. Well, Alma, on the website at um, at Avery Trace, you, you you've mentioned a number of values that are. Uh, attached to the IB program, uh, but there there are some other things on that website that have values in them too, uh, and and two that I really want to talk about. I think parents think about it all the time, um, and and that one is a safe and secure environment. You have the kids a big part of their waking hours, a big part of their week. It's important that they feel safe and secure, isn't it? Yes, it is. And we take it very seriously um, at Avery Trace and really in all Putnam County schools. We Every teacher um, has an app on their phone that's, um, I don't, it doesn't matter what the name of it is, but we are all connected. And so, for instance, when we have a fire drill now, and we um, go outside for the fire drill, the teachers no longer have to write everything down. They just go to their phone, get in the app, and click who they have and who isn't there. And um, that's very important. We, throughout our school, Avery Trace, and most Putnam County schools too, we have cameras that we're able to see what's going on in the halls, see what's happening at the doors. And um, one of the things that we did this past year at Avery Trace is, and of course, Avery Trace is old, old school, but we had film put over the doors so that we can see out, but people can't see in. And that's important. Yeah. And um, I feel so secure with our students. And um, a couple of months ago, right at the beginning of school, we had lockdown. And um, it was not a planned lockdown. There was somebody reported something. And we went to lockdown. The students handled it beautifully. The teachers did. Putnam County, you know, came right to us helped us, and it was really, once again, you hate that you have to do those things, but when they work, you realize why you do those things. And it's good every now and then to see them at work and make sure it does work. Yes, exactly. And, And that's great. One of the other values you have on that website talks about parental engagement, talks about parent participation in the learning experience. That's really important, isn't it? Yes, and um, we love to have parents in our building, and that is the truth. And when uh, a middle school parent comes to me and says, oh, but my seventh grader doesn't want me to be at school, (laughs) I always say when they tell you no, you say yes because they, they push you away, but it's so important to be part of it. And when we, when I went to the December concert, our auditorium was full. Parents want to be there. We ask parents to volunteer in our school. 
help us with things. And when teachers work on projects that are, you know, require manual dexterity and all of that, a lot of times our parents will come in and assist the teacher. You know, when you've got 30 kids in a classroom and everybody's using a hot glue gun, it's a good, <laughs> I- it's a good idea to have more than a couple of parents in you, there. You, you need know. some multiple sets of eyes right. there. No, I really enjoy um, the parental support that we get. And Avery Trace's PTO, they, they do a great job for us. They are wonderful. Well, um, here's your chance to advise parents. So what advice would you give parents about helping their young person in middle school? I think the first thing that, first of all, love them. You know, let them know how much you love them. But then also know that in loving them, sometimes you have to set parameters. A lot of times you have to set parameters. And I think one of the things that I'd really suggest to parents is monitor their Internet usage. You you need to be the FBI and be looking at what they're looking at. And then also... Help them learn how to fail. We're not always going to be successful, particularly in the first time we do something. And let the students understand, children understand, that that's part of learning. You know, that when you first get on a bicycle, you're not going to be able to do it right. And don't give up. Keep working at it. You actually learn how to ride the bicycle by having those wrecks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that that's such important advice. And it's hard for a student who's been a straight-A student to, they'll see a B as a failure. Yes. And it's important for parents to step in there and support them. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's great advice, and we'll end with that. We've had a, a great session. We've been with... Alma Anderson, the principal at Avery Trace Middle School. And Alma, it's always great to see you. We'll have to have you back again soon. I'll be glad to come, Bob. Thanks for having me. Thank you.